0: Welcome and welcome back to Leaders in Conversation with me, Annie Townend, the podcast that helps you to grow your confidence and courage as a leader. I created this series of candid conversations for leaders to share their inspirational leadership stories, weaving together the threads of their life, offering valuable insights and rich experience to inspire you on your own unique leadership journey. In each episode, leaders share their personal life and leadership stories to encourage you to delve into what you really care about, your values and beliefs, your passions and your purpose, and how to weave these through your leadership every day in all that you do. If you're not already subscribed to the podcast, please do subscribe, review and share it. Thank you. In this episode, I am delighted to be in conversation with Anna Reddy, founder of Leap Health. Welcome, Anna.
1: Hello, Anna. It's lovely to be here.
0: Lovely to be with you, Anna. I'm really looking forward to our delving into how following your heart in times of uncertainty can really help you find your passion and purpose, how managing your energy to win personally and professionally is key to performance and productivity and how the impact on women of demands made of them in the workplace and the challenges that they have to overcome can be helped. I'd love to start by asking you, who are the people who have shaped you and the experiences by way of your values and beliefs and made you the leader you are today?
1: Thank you, Annie. Uh, before we get started, I'd just like to really thank you for inviting me on today um, because I think it brought back everything that we'd spoken about in the past and it's just been a lovely experience being able to reflect on the way that you actually impacted on my life when we met quite a few years ago. So uh, thank you once again. Um, so now I will crack on with the question. Um, so I think there's a lot of people, as with everybody, there's a lot of people that have shaped you in different types of ways. Um, probably the first one is my mom in a way that I didn't actually realize. Um, and as growing up, my mom was a very reserved person. She's soft because she's shown a vulnerability as I've got older and as I've been able to reflect a lot more, I've actually seen that is a strength that people are striving to have and people need to have more of nowadays is that, you know, self-awareness to be able to have that inner strength, show your vulnerability, but also stay kind to people as well. So I think that, you know, she's really been powerful in, in helping me along my journey and my dad has always been quite entrepreneurial and quite business-minded so you know that that's motivating as well and my family now my husband and my kids full of fun but it keeps you grounded and keeps you realizing what's the most important thing in life as well you know particularly as I've started on this journey my daughters have really been involved really keen and encouraging me as well which has really given me a lot of motivation and probably one of the one really motivating thing was when I decided to set up my own business and I told a few of my friends, straight away, um I had a friend working in Mercedes and her husband's actually the MD of Mercedes. And straight away, although this was completely new, he saw that potential in me and he got me down straight away to his head office to present in front of all his head office. I probably wasn't polished, I wasn't, you know, experiencing everything. But the fact that he actually had belief in me, she had a belief in me, was a really, really powerful thing. And the more I reflect on that, I think the importance of people actually having belief in you is lovely. Obviously, you know, doing the Fed course had a, a massive impact as well because, you know, that really made me understand my life a little bit more, understand who I was, and have a better understanding of other people and their backgrounds and how we can't always assume you know who's who um and then finally you know fast forwarding to where I am today I've done a lot of analysis on who are the people that I'm working with and who really inspires me I'm working a lot with Helen Bessel and working with people that make a massive difference when they inspire you um and motivate you as well there's lots of people that um I think have shaped me in different ways. That's so lovely
0: to hear Anna and I wanted to pick up on Firstly, what you said about your mum and that she, as you were a child growing up, showed a vulnerability. And as you will remember from the course that you were on, where I first met you, the FED course, and which for listeners stands for Future Engage Deliver. It's a fantastic approach developed by Steve Radcliffe, who, in fact, was one of my early podcast guests and has been a great inspiration to me and indeed continues to be and is something of a mentor to me. Um, And I know within the the Future Engage Deliver program, we would often talk about the importance of leaders bringing robust vulnerability. And when you speak about your mum, that's what I hear you talking about, that she brought with her in her mothering of you and the family, a robust vulnerability, which is lovely to hear. And of course, you've now got your in-house coaches by the sound of it in your children who believe in you. And I love, love what you said about the importance of people believing in us. And I absolutely know that to be true of myself, that I wouldn't be here doing what I'm doing if people like Steve, Steve Radcliffe, and friends like Helen, Helen Bessel and others, hadn't along the way believed in me and encouraged me, particularly, Anna, at those times when perhaps I didn't believe in myself. And the belief in me of others and our belief in each other, I think, goes a long way and helps us build confidence and resilience as well.
1: Certainly. And I think starting out on your own, you need those people because when you're doing something that you're so passionate about and you believe in so much, or you have those days when you think, is this actually feasible as a business? And in those early days, that's when you need the people around you to give you that motivation and be like, no, you need to continue along this journey.
0: Yeah, they kind of cheer you on, don't they? They're the cheerleaders who say, you can do it. We believe in you. And I think that's so, so exciting. And something that I know is really important to you is that you do love what you do. And I'd love to ask you, how did you find your passion and purpose through following your heart?
1: Well, I think I've always had that passion and purpose in me. I've always had something niggling at me that I needed to do on my own. I've always been so passionate about health and wellbeing, but I probably just wasn't at that stage where I was ready to make that jump and go out there and do it. And I was really fortunate and I have been really fortunate. I've had a long career in the corporate world, worked with lots of lovely people um, and been able to have an impact on on the wider world. but you have to get to the stage when you're actually ready to do that. I think Fed did give me a lot of confidence in terms of who I was and that I could actually go out there and deliver on this passion. And then, yeah, things happened. Uh, my third child was born. He was a complete and utter shock to me. Um, and he wasn't so well when he was born. And I think I maybe found an inner strength dealing with that shock and caring for him as well and it just made me reflect on life a little bit differently and I think that that was a a big driver in me making this change and thinking do you know what if I don't do it now I will never do it I wanted to be available for my kids a little bit more but also I wanted to be leading by example for them as well so that as they grew older they realised there were no limits in terms of what they're doing as well and um, that was probably the key drivers in putting my passion into action and maybe my frustrations that I'd seen a long long time during my career but so, I was in an organisation that were very proactive in health and wellbeing. but years and years ago there were things that frustrated me like for instance you know people that would sitting cafes all day discussing what they should be doing with work and moaning about things rather than being solution focused and that was acceptable to sit there in cafes discussing that and yet what was not acceptable was to maybe take half an hour out go for a jog go for a walk get some fresh air clear your mind and feel productive about what you're doing and um, I know times have changed now but there was just lots of little things like that that made me think things need to change and I know things did change in the organisation I was in but Things haven't changed in the world at large. There's still lots of organisations that are not following like that. And there's so much investment in learning and development. Organisations spend so much in it, and yet sometimes just miss those small little steps that you could put into place, like making sure that every meeting you're moving about, you're offering healthy options. You're not in a dark, dingy room in an amazing, wonderful venue, but you don't get out. Um, It's not just about supplying everyone with a free bar. Maybe it's about letting them have time to chill out, you know, and and relax and do something that's going to re-energise them. And that, again, that was when I came to your meetings, Anna. There was a massive difference in some of the meetings that I was used to going to. At every opportunity, we were out there, weren't we, in a peaceful environment, walking and talking. And <laughs> we were. We were. It was wonderful and, uh, yeah, really inspiring. So I think there's just lots and lots of little small steps, people can put into place and have a big impact?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's lovely to hear that you experience those meetings as being very different. And, And like you say, although there's more awareness of the power of movement and of getting out and the importance of making time for people to think, to have conversations, that there are still far too many meetings in many people's calendars that are back to back, that don't encourage what you were talking about, the taking small steps, taking a break, thinking about movement and making movement and moving through things part of the everyday. I know on the Future Engage Deliver programme, we talked a lot about the four energies of a leader physical, mental, intellect, emotional and spirit energy. And I always remember sharing with you a quote that Steve shares in his book Leadership Plain and Simple. It's a Peter Drucker quote that the first and foremost task of a leader is to manage their own energy and then help others to manage theirs. And I really do believe that. And all four of those Energies: The physical, the mind, the intellect, the emotion, how we feel, the heart and the spirit energy, the values, beliefs, passion and purpose are really, really important. Can you say something about why energy is so important to performance and productivity and tell us about how you manage your energies and combine the energies to win at work?
1: Yeah, definitely. Starting with why it's probably so important in the workplace and particularly right now. We're working in all different situations and there's lots more demands on us and it's a little bit harder to detect and check in with people as to how they're actually feeling and how they're managing their energy. You know, I often use the example that if you're working from home one day and you wake up and you're not feeling 100% now, would people actually pick up the phone and say to their manager, I'm not working today, I'm taking the day off? Or would they just bumble along at reduce productivity? And I think probably the second part of that would be the answer because people don't always own up to, to not feeling 100% um, and there is lots of higher rates of presenteeism. So I think it's really really important that people are proactive with managing their own energy and check in with those elements that you just suggested to see how are they managing the physical energy and the emotional energy, spiritual energy, and make sure that they do get a good balance of those. Because without prioritising them, it doesn't matter how much you've invested in upskilling those individuals, they're not going to perform. How they can have the greatest impact is really important as well in terms of managing their energy so that they stay positive also. So I think managing your energy just has a massive impact on productivity and we can't just look at upskilling people in terms of their knowledge because unless their energy is there, that knowledge is not going to be put into action at all. You've got to lead by example as well. So leaders in organisations need to be demonstrating that they are prioritising their own energy as well because without them leading in that way they might be leading in terms of their skills and showing how you know their workplace skills but unless they're leading in how they're prioritizing their own energy then that's not going to follow suit and people will not feel comfortable or you know safe to really manage their own energy and prioritize it personally how do I manage my energy I think this has definitely changed a lot over the years because my life and my environment has changed that I've had to manage how I balance things. But, yeah, probably historically, you know, I always thought the more you train, the better. Um, With age and life and learning, I've realised you really don't have to. You know, it's not all about slogging out in the gym. It's not all about being super strict with things. It's about making sure you find something that you enjoy, that you can stick to and that works in your world. So the way that I've my energy, you know, I do like to move about when I can regular intervals during the day, but I don't get to a gym. The glamorous extent to my workout is a 20 to 30 minute YouTube workout in the morning whilst getting kids ready. In my pyjamas, it's not glamorous at all, but it fits in my world and it's a habit now and it sticks and it makes me feel good all day um, as well in terms of thinking about how you feel there's no magic diet these things that always say take things away take things away take things away are utter nonsense because the more you, you know, think about depriving yourself the more you want those things it's all about prioritizing the nutrients that you want that are going to fuel your mind for a productive day and the bit that I did use to neglect was that relaxation and rest and you know looking after your emotional state as well which is just as important. You need to have that downtime to make you productive um, and be focused on what you're actually doing. Um, So that's a little bit of the reason why you need to manage your energy.
0: So I think like you, energy is so important in terms of that combination of energy and focus, which as leaders we need to bring. It's combining our energy and being conscious of how we are, who we're being and how we show up in our energies and thinking about the focus that helps us get alignment around what it is that we're here to do, to be more productive, to deliver. And I think all of the things that you've mentioned are so important and important when we think about the impact that we have on others as well. So it's our energy that often impacts on other people you cannot help but have an impact so managing your energy is so important particularly in virtual meetings we can sense the energy and focus of another person as to whether they are really listening to us whether they're paying attention and I know for myself I share the example of if people are not giving me attention and giving me of their energy by way of looking at me having their cameras on when I'm speaking that can impact on me and impact on my self-confidence and ability to share what it is that I want to share with people and that's the impact we can have on each other all of us in meetings if we're not giving our focused attention and bringing our energy. I'm absolutely convinced that if we had shorter meetings where we were to bring all of our energies and our focus, we can be and we know we can be more productive, allowing for breaks in between, as you say, to move about. And sometimes I love to have walking meetings. And as you know, from the Future Engage Deliver programme, we were on our feet, we were walking, talking, and I've incorporated that into my coaching practice. So on with the headphones and the person is walking wherever they are based and I'm walking where I am here in the south of England and having that conversation as we walk and talk, which I love to do. And encourage other people to do, to stand up, to move about, to move through things. And I think there's a real reflection in how we feel and helping people to get in touch with their emotions that by expressing how we feel, we often move through that as well. So we can be feeling excited about something and also nervous about it. And it's that both and which comes from being able to to share with other people. It's so, so important. I think in conscious leadership, the noticing that you spoke about earlier, being aware, self-awareness of how we are when we wake up in the morning and meeting ourselves where we're at. And then we don't always have the choice not to go in, but being aware of which of the energies do I need to dial up, make time for today. And that's certainly something which I practice in my everyday is noticing how I am when I wake up, meet myself where I'm at and which are the energies that I need to pay attention to. And then how will I do that? So for me, walking, getting outside, whatever the weather, is certainly one of the ways in which I manage my energy. When you were talking about how you manage your energy differently because of the people around you, your circumstances, the environment, I think that's so important that we are responding to the environment and thinking about the environment that we're in and where we can manage our energy. Because like you say, we're not all able, or do we desire to, to go to the gym or do particular forms of exercise. So making time to do some kind of movement, whatever that is in our day-to-day, and for it to be a habit sounds really, really good and I think is really, really important.
1: So I was just going to say, I think we probably have to be a little bit more confident in knocking back on maybe some of the video meetings that are booked in the diary um, and having that confidence to change the norm a little bit more. Because I think often, you know, we've mentioned habits, but habits can be let's have a video meeting for everything when it doesn't necessarily have to be a video meeting. So I think it's changing those habits so that you can, another phrase I like to use is exercise snack, so that you can just have that little snack of exercise during the day, which all contributes to the movement, your you know overall target movement for the day.
0: Brilliant. I love that. Anna, I know you have a special interest in women and the demands on women in the workplace. And it would be lovely to hear more about the particular challenges that women face in the workplace, in their lives, and how Leap Health uh, focuses on this and helps women?
1: I think things have changed a lot over the last few years they've changed for everybody the pandemic's had an impact on everybody but I think um, for women who are often you know still seen to be responsible for things such as keeping the house tidy sorting out if you've got children child care for children and managing them maybe you know if you've got elderly relatives and maybe you've got Brothers in the family, it usually goes over to the woman, doesn't it? Even if you've got pets, and often the responsibilities are put on the woman. I know this is not the case in every situation. If there's any men listening to this thinking <laughs> it's not fair, this, but you know, data does show that it is often still traditional roles are put on to the woman. And I think when we're working in a hybrid world or we're working from home as well. As a woman, you want to be able to do everything. And I think that's in our mindset, isn't it, often to multitask a little bit more and take on those responsibilities. But when you're working from home, you probably feel like you should be doing all those things as well and juggling things a little bit more. Than if you just go into the office and you're staying in the office, um, and I think you know, that emotional side of us feels a little bit guilty if we say no to those things. so it's really important as a woman that we set our boundaries in terms of what are we actually capable of doing. We can't do everything, so what you know can we do, but also letting other people know that when we are at home, even if we're working from home. We've got to manage their expectations as well. We've just got to really realise one thing, we're only human. And some people might look like they're winning at life, but actually we're all just trying to do the best job we possibly can in the world that we've got. And I think that's just something we've all got to realise, we're just human. And that's a message that I really try to get across in any of my workshops that we're just all human trying to do the best possible job that we can that's in terms of responsibilities in terms of our bodies our bodies are different as well we've got our um, hormonal cycle that changes the way that we feel during the month and and then as the people were saying in the media there's so much more awareness now around perimenopause and menopause but 51% 51% of the population will go through menopause. And yet for years and years, it's been a hush-hush taboo subject that we have meant to have just battled on with, not talked about. Fortunately, there's a lot more awareness around it now. You know, when you've got brain fog and you can't concentrate, you can't keep focus when you're having hot flushes, when there's a whole host of other symptoms going on, maybe you haven't been able to sleep properly, so then you're struggling to keep focused the next day at work. Um, and, you know, you might be surrounded by an environment of people that don't actually understand those situations, you've got, those symptoms you're going through. Um, then they really can have a huge impact on the way that you feel in the workplace um, and also not your confidence as well. When you've gone from being a woman who's top of the game to feeling like, what is happening to me right now? Um, it can make you feel very, very vulnerable. But these women at this stage are at the pinnacle of their career really you know they're knowledgeable we can't let them go they really are critical to our business so it's important the workplaces recognize this and make sure that they support women during this stage so that they can flourish you know and continue to be those high flyers that they always were and I think when things like this change this will change things for women in the workplace once more and more companies adapt that support for perimenopause and menopause and provide that support so yes so that's maybe from the responsibilities angle and also really from what happens in our bodies
0: Mm, absolutely acknowledging the changes and the different stages and ages as we progress through our lives and as you say we are all human and being aware of our boundaries and our needs and wants that will help us manage these times in our lives and enable us to flourish you talk Anna about making workplace health contagious I love that phrase what are your top tips for leaders to make workplace health contagious your three top tips for listeners to capture all that you've been talking about and put into practice
1: so number one is that everybody's a leader, whatever position you are in the organization, when it comes to health and wellbeing, you are a leader. So be the orchestra for healthy changes. So even if you've just walked into that organization, you can spot something that needs to change. Speak up about it because it doesn't mean that that idea is not going to be the next best game changer in terms of well-being in your organisation. And often those people leading, their stress levels are pretty high and they need a reminder as well as to how to prioritise their own health and be proactive with the health. The second one is, and I think we've spoken a lot about this, the vulnerability, don't be afraid to show your vulnerability. We're all human and this has a really positive impact on other people and leaders who are in high positions. It doesn't have to be that you've let everything out, but maybe just tell people, how do you, manage your energy how do you stay mentally strong what do you do or how have you accessed the benefits that you've got in the organization you know to be proactive in your own health and the benefits that you've seen and then the final one is attract and retain talent through the things that matter to people right now and this is well-being in report around the great resignation one of the key things that were highlighted that people find important now is the health and wellbeing. It's important to people, it's a need to do thing. And that is how you will attract and you will retain talent. 51% of organisations have a wellbeing plan by being in that 51% to making that 51% higher, um, having a wellbeing programme so that you can attract and retain the best talent and ultimately improve your productivity.
0: Fabulous, Anna. Thank you so much. Thank you for those wonderful top tips and for sharing all of your wisdom and insights on how to make workplace health contagious and highlighting that we're all leaders of this change and we need to be role models for everybody else. Thank you so much. If you're looking for help with your workplace health and are ready to take the leap, do contact Anna on leaphealth.co.uk and follow her on LinkedIn. A huge thank you, as well as to Anna, to my support team, Taryn Weeks at Sparks Marketing for helping with all the marketing of the podcast, to Coco O'Brien for the wonderful editing and sound production. To contact me, Annie Townend, do email me on Annie at annietownand.com. Visit my website, annietownand.com. Subscribe to my newsletter and follow me on LinkedIn. I look forward to hearing from you. Thank you for listening and a huge thank you to you, Anna.
1: Thank you, Anna. It's been lovely spending time with you.